0: This is the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 Podcast.
1: Hello, this is Tamara Shoemaker, the director of the Center for Cybersecurity and Intelligence Studies at the University of Detroit Mercy. And it's my honor to introduce our guest today, Amanda Stoll. She's a department specialist at the Michigan Department of Education, and she works with educational leaders across the state to explore the effective, safe, and secure use of technology to support learning and learners. It is her vision to bring awareness of, remove barriers to, and enhance the use of technology through authentic collaboration. And I have been honored to collaborate with Amanda on quite a few things. And so I call her friend. We've worked together enough years now that I truly enjoy working with her. And the way that she does kind of bring everybody to the table and make sure that everyone is collaborating and that we're not kind of repeating anything here at the state level. And so it's my honor to introduce her. And we would love to find out a little bit more about what Michigan Department of Education is doing in support of cybersecurity education, Amanda.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Tamara, for having me today. And absolutely, it's always been an honor to work with you and bring you to the table and work with the subject matter experts across the state so, as you mentioned, the question is what currently is underway at the Michigan Department of Education that is supporting cyber security education. And there is a lot. <laughs> as an entire department, many of our offices are focusing on cybersecurity. For starters, we have our safe and healthy schools office. They're working directly with the Michigan State Police. They've been sharing out communications directly to school districts on what they can do to ensure that their students and their staff are aware of best practices for being cyber safe and cyber secure as they're working in remote learning environments. We also have our career and technical education office, CTE office, that is working with their federal Perkins funds to identify the different cybersecurity and IT career fields and ensure that our students are learning those skills and competencies and meeting those standards so that they can receive industry-based certifications in cybersecurity and other IT spaces. So they're just working away at supporting that in the CTE field. And then the office that I work in, the Office of Systems, Evaluation, and Technology, we have a specific education technology unit that is focused on computer science standards, as well as Michigan technology education competencies for students. So we have staff in the office, Cheryl Wilson. She's our amazing CS consultant. Her primary focus is getting CS standards rolled out across the state and working with school districts. She's currently working with two districts piloting the script CS visioning tool. And so she was just giving us an update today on that work. And it looks very promising of how we're going to be able to document some vignettes around computer science. And I share all this because within the computer science standards, the cybersecurity standards are built within those CS standards. So computer science is our educational foundation that will help guide students towards cybersecurity, as well as the MITECs, which are those competencies for students around being strong digital learners, um, digital citizenship, the ethics behind cybersecurity, as well as being a digital citizen so that they're able to recognize primary source or fake news and be able to have computational thinking skills. So those tools are also out there, and Ann Marie Napes, our manager, and Gina Loveless, another one of our consultants, are really focused on, again, collaborating with other organizations across the state to bring professional development specific to the my and how to teach those my in class and really integrate them into all content areas. So those are just three of the big projects that are underway at MDE that support cybersecurity education.
1: You touched on some really great points here, too. So with the state police help, you have folks that are working on safety and the health of folks that, like you said, no time like the present when suddenly everyone is online doing school and that how important now cyber became in keeping these kids safe in that environment. And so it's really nice that you're working with the state police and they're doing an awareness training to both keep the school safe from intruders in that piece And also then to do the awareness piece, because again, you know me, that that awareness piece is just like music to my ears, because that's the most important part. Kids think of themselves as digital citizens right away, because they have this technology so soon, that doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're doing with it, and being safe and secure. And so it's really nice to know that you guys have that right at the top of your programs. And then the career in tech, well, again, another one of my own sweet spots, which is there are over 400 million (laughs) openings right so it's like you know we can't get these kids in the pipeline fast enough and so the fact that we've got the career and technology folks the CTEs, working on that and I work with those nationally as well as the state and to watch the progress that they're making in that space with your support your department's support is just been amazing to watch that go and like you said that they were already working on all the fundamentals but they weren't quite at the stage that maybe some of the other places that have been early adopters have been But I got to tell you, I'm putting Michigan right up against some of those folks now because we're really, really making it happen across the state. And I think it has to do with the collaboration that we're experiencing. And we're getting rid of those stovepipes and we're working together as a unit to try to make this happen. And so everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction. And again, I think that's what you're famous for in your department and with you in particular to not kind of reinvent stuff, but kind of see who the folks are that are champions in that area and kind of bring them all to the table and see what we can come up with. And it's really paying off. It's amazing to watch the growth over it, even just a short period of time. We have school districts now that even more because of COVID, we have more attacks than usual on our school systems. And what's happening in that space as far as Michigan Department of Education to help those districts with that infrastructure? I mean, we know just in general, I'm a grandma, right? And I have kids in systems. Then we know that the school systems just don't have a lot of funding. You know, it's one of those things that we're hoping to get increased. But with what we're doing right now, how are we helping them?
0: Great question. There are so many amazing resources. And as you said, collaboration has been the number one tool um, because it builds capacity when we need it. So the Department of Education is currently working on some proactive steps. We recently sent out a memo to our school districts, highlighting key resources that are freely available or are open education resources right now. We've been working with the Department of Technology Management and Budget as well. They've got a cyber partners group. So I encourage anyone to join cyber partners and get a seat at the table with that collaborative body as they will help you identify any resources you need or help you identify any gaps in your infrastructure that need to be closed and help you find those resources. We're also working very closely with the Michigan Association of Intermediate School Administrators or MAISA. They have an organization or they're like the umbrella organization and then within MAISA is a group called METAL or the Michigan Education Technology Leaders. These are all the ISD tech directors across the state who are responsible for the ISD's infrastructure and sometimes are also contracted to oversee the LEAs. Sometimes, not always, but we're always using that system to disseminate information from the state level to ISDs down to locals specific to the technology infrastructure that school districts have. One of Metal's work group is a cybersecurity task force. So that task force was specifically designed or created for that capacity piece. So anytime that there is an attack or anytime there's a need around cybersecurity, that group comes together, comes to the table and can help. So they're proactively working to identify resources, build more resources that can support school districts around their infrastructure as well as when um, issues arise, there are mechanisms to communicate those threats out to local school districts into their ISD tech staff so that they can mitigate the risks or address the risks at that time and address them and then do cleanup afterwards. So that's another thing we're doing specifically to help with those current rises in cyber attacks. Um, we've started conversations, again, that collaborative effort of starting conversations with SETSEG. We love our acronyms at the state level. <laughs> Every industry has them. SEG stands for the School Education Trust and our school education group. And their primary mission and role is around insurance. So if school districts are getting attacked, when there's ransomware, then there could be insurance claims. So that's one of the services that SAG provides, not the only one, Um, but starting to engage that organization as well in some proactive conversations around mitigating those cyber threats or those cyber attacks directly to school districts will be very helpful as we continue down this road of more online learning and more increased attacks. So we're just really trying to take a proactive approach. I'd be remiss, too, if I didn't share the new Department of Technology Management and Budgets Michigan Secure app. It's an app that can be downloaded on any Android or um, iOS device. That is an application that helps to monitor When you connect to free Wi-Fi to make sure that that public Wi-Fi is secure, it will check any web address to make sure that there's no phishing schemes or malware or anything that could be downloaded. So it's a free application available to all Michigan residents. And so that's their new app. I only know just a little bit about it, so I can't speak in depth to it. But I know that it's available and it's one thing that we're promoting to our schools and sharing out again through Metal and the Metal Cybersecurity Task Force. Correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda.
1: We were all at the Metal Conference, correct? And we talked about some of the work that we did over the summer and over the fall on this very thing what we were talking about, this collaboration, right? And getting rid of some sort of the stovepipes on resources and building leaders in cybersecurity.
0: That was the right group, right? Yes, absolutely. So that's another exciting thing. With all of the continued stimulus funding that is coming into the state, some dollars have been identified through a initiative called MyConnect. That was also under the umbrella of MAISA. And MyConnect supported connectivity and device purchasing, but a small portion also created some cybersecurity resources. One of those was a statewide conference where all of the presentations were recorded and are now available on their website for those who want to go back and see it or those who didn't have an opportunity to attend the conference. They can view them now, as well as some additional online training modules were created for cybersecurity for school administrators and school staff as well through the EduPath platform.
1: Well, that makes perfect sense. So we did one for Take the Scary out of cybersecurity there a couple of years ago, and then one on the program. And so that sounds like the perfect folks to, I mean, I attended that conference and it was amazing. And we worked in these small committees over the summer and the fall, but getting a good handle on the number of IT administrators for all of the ISDs, they're in this to win this. They are not shirking any responsibilities. They are really getting into this and diving into it and swapping stories and helping each other. And it was just an amazing thing to see. It was kind of like when higher education first got into cyber and we were all swapping stories and curriculum and things like that. But this was down where they're actually protecting us, right? Right and the students and the systems and stuff. And they were doing the same thing. And there was such an excitement there during that entire conference. I was really impressed. And I also know that some of that money that was secured and found was kind of a late kind of a deal. And those folks threw that thing together. and But they did an amazing job. I was really impressed with the depth and breadth of those things. In education, sometimes we get an awful lot of talking heads and government people who kind of give us pronouncements and then don't actually tell us how to do it. And, you know, we want this to happen, that kind of thing. Or pat themselves in the back about how we're doing such a great job. You know, those are normal things that we see at conferences a lot. This wasn't like that at all. This was really great. These were people who were really, you know, boots on the ground, protecting us and doing things and helping to share that knowledge with everybody else. And that's also, I think, what an awful lot of the other things that you were talking about, all these partnerships and Things that are working with MyConnect and uh, Metal and the SETSEG and DTMB was quite the big champion in that education space during that, too, making some of those things happen. And so I'm very encouraged for where Michigan's at right now. Are we completely safe? No, no one's ever completely safe. But I think that we've got an awful lot of really great people pulling in the same direction. So I'm pretty proud of where we're sitting on that. I'm alluded to that we had this committee and we had all of this collaboration between some of these stovepipes. Can you elaborate on how some of those are working right now?
0: Sure. So let me take us a step back even just to kind of frame it out. Because as you said, we alluded to this work group, but we didn't really share what it was. So several, oh my gosh, I was going to say several months ago, but I think it's been a year now. year. Yeah, just before COVID hit. DTMB was kind of rallying the troops. They had recently applied for a National Governors Association grant. It wasn't a grant for funding. It was a grant for technical assistance and coaching services. Michigan was awarded that grant, and we had NGA come in and start to work with us, and we pulled in a diverse group of individuals that were passionate about cybersecurity. As you said, Tamara, we had those talking heads from state agencies like myself, <laughs> as well as the boots on the ground folks and everyone in between who was really interested in supporting and better coordinating cybersecurity. Michigan has done an amazing job, both at the top level and at the grassroots level of, of these big cybersecurity initiatives. With those boots on the ground folks like Metal. They're keeping our school infrastructure and our students and teachers safe every single day. And when things happen, they're jumping and they're acting and it's amazing. And they're the ones who rallied and coordinated that MyConnect grant and built the cybersecurity task force. They've developed a cybersecurity K-12 essentials document for every school district to follow along. They have a self-assessment checklist that school districts can use. So they're doing an amazing job with mobilizing their grassroots effort. And then we've got all the big initiatives like the Governor Cyber Challenge over the past couple years. So this opportunity came along to have NGA come in and really help connect the two together. And from that, we were able to build what we're calling Michigan Cybersecurity Education and Workforce Framework. So the framework is an organizational schema that's helping us at the state and our local education workforce and infrastructure entities coordinate cybersecurity efforts. And I say cybersecurity efforts because I always throw in computer science. Those efforts are in there, too. It's helping to coordinate them and specifically focus on our educational ecosystem. So this framework has three pillars. Pillar one is for securing the schools. That's focused on the hardware, the software, the infrastructure pieces. Pillar two is focused in on education. That's where the computer science visioning comes in that I mentioned earlier from Cheryl Wilson, setting the foundation of what computer science standards are, leading into specific cybersecurity education through CTE programs and amazing After school programs like Cyber Patriot, Cyber Range, Cyber Auto, and the different competitions like the Governor's Cyber Competition. So those are there as some resources in Pillar 2. And then Pillar 3 is our workforce pillar really focused in on building cyber leaders across the state, ensuring that we have apprenticeships, internships, externships in the cybersecurity space and then helping to build up those leaders and then have those leaders come back into these educational spaces whether that's after school not out of school time or in the classroom or working with our philanthropic organizations and community-based organizations whether they're able to bring it back and teach others so that they're mentoring and coaching once they become a cybersecurity leader so those are the three pillars Each pillar has three maturity levels from a beginner where they're adopting existing frameworks, existing curriculum, everything within that beginner level is already available. It's generally free or it's an open education resource. The next level is going to then be your implement. So you've started to adopt things and get them started, now you're really implementing a full framework and you're increasing your participation in each one of those pillars. And then the third one, as I mentioned, that third pillar is really leading in your communities. So if you're a metal member and you're now moving through the maturity models and you get to that third level, you're able to come back to a school district that's just starting their cybersecurity journey and help coach and mentor them. So we see that progression in the whole framework. The framework is still being polished and we hope to soft launch it in the next couple months and get some beta testing from school districts across the state with it to have a full launch, hopefully by the 21-22 school year.
1: Wonderful. That sounds great. Because like I said, I worked on some of those committees in the summer and the fall and the cooperation was just amazing. And the way that we were swapping what was working, what wasn't working in the state, all that kind of good stuff, put that all together. And it's funny, we had a ton of meetings. But they were productive meetings and people were looking forward to them rather than, oh, no, another Zoom meeting. And so you just felt good about giving back and having a part in this. And I'm loving the fact that you're calling it a framework because then there can always be things that are added on that may be missing right now, but then could be added. And I also like how you alluded to, and I know that we worked on this as a group. The life cycle of this, so many programs are put together for either you have to sort of map to some standard or some kind of criteria, and you're either all in you because you've already done all the work, or you're not, and so you're just sort of working there, but there's no support to get you there. This one, you guys really thought out much, much better as far as their levels, right, of success, and we're going to count all of them. And so that's really important when there's just so much on everyone's plate, and I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you work with these teachers all the time, but there's just so many hours in a day. And so to expect that they're going to jump from no understanding of this field to turning out leaders in a cycle so that they can qualify for some status or grant or something like that—it's just unrealistic. And so it's really cool how we built this cycle of and how you can progressively work on it and then become people that are the leaders and that are giving back. And that was the other piece that I was always very impressed with that came out of this committee was that it's also about giving back and bringing the next group up. So within an ISD. If they're doing really great stuff, like I'm working with several of them across the state right now that are doing good things. They don't normally share past ISDs, right? So they may be inside of that, but they wouldn't normally think to do that. They're just trying to keep everything together and do the stuff that they need to do to take care of their students. But because you guys are incentivizing, now, okay, now that you've got it going, help the neighbor, you know, do that too. Or somebody else that has asked, request for help. Together, we can always do a whole lot more then we kind of were trying to sort of do it all. And if we're feeling like there's some kind of competition, right, and so we don't want to be shoving people out of the way while we run to the top. Right from the beginning of the concept, there's been this thing about collaboration, and I think that's been baked in so well that it's going to make a difference in our success on this. In fact, being a part of the National Governors Association, they saw the importance of this. So we had people from other states talk to us. They've taken now this as a way of doing this. I know that I've had folks reach out to me about, so what are you guys doing in Michigan? You guys are doing something a little different. And I know that you have, too. And then through the National Governors Association, even more people are going to be inspired. But we're sharing it with them, too. So the really cool part about this was it wasn't just happening in a vacuum here in Michigan. So all the lessons learned and all the things that we've got are also being shared nationally. So we can be very proud of the work that we've accomplished. And as you said, I'm looking forward to when we actually have it. You know, all polished up and ready to go, so that folks can actually start using it and start building like we have. It's a very exciting time. With all of that said, all of this work, some of it takes funding. So, are there funding opportunities out there for schools that are trying to get on board on cybersecurity education?
0: There's not direct funding. You know, like a specific funding line that says apply <laughs> a bag here, get so- cash <laughs>
1: here <laughs>
0: <laughs> for cybersecurity. Yeah. However, the work that we've been doing is to call out for school districts and to share with them that they can make the decision. Here in Michigan, we're local control. Our school districts have the autonomy for how they use their funding within the way legislation is written. But there's a lot of legislation that does allow them to use dollars for cybersecurity. Part of that framework, too, is not only to explore the assets that we have or the resources we have, but look at some of the gaps and how we close them. And some of the gaps are funding, as you've mentioned. So we are looking at how can school districts use their Title IV dollars or any of their federal title dollars to support cybersecurity infrastructure builds and connectivity space? My coworker, Joe Palasek, which I haven't mentioned yet, another amazing colleague of mine. He is our go-to E-rate expert around connectivity. He's been working with Sarah Tennant at MEDC, which MEDC was also another amazing partner, along with Leo and the MySTEM network. I would have been remiss if I hadn't mentioned all of those other partners that are also doing amazing things to support cybersecurity space. It I went off on a little oh, bit. Oh, I really, really love that
1: you mentioned that. I mean, we talked about the collaboration, but we didn't actually call them out. And so we had DTMB and MEDC and LEO and Michigan Department of Education. Did we miss anything? I hope we didn't. Yeah, I hope we didn't. Right. <laughs> no, but everyone did come roll their sleeves up, and make a difference. And it was a very cool thing to be involved in. And so I'm really glad that you did backtrack and say that, because we need to make sure that we give props to everybody for all the effort that they've put into it and are continuing to do that. The work is continuing.
0: And what came from that, not only was everyone rolling up their sleeves and having this framework that will be soon polished and shared, was the fact that we were able to make connections to other state initiatives. So if I mentioned Joe and Sarah because their work around connectivity is so important because what we're finding is the more we close the digital divide, the more we're increasing the number of students and educators and homes that are connected to the internet, there is an increased likelihood or increase of those cyber threats. And so they're going hand in glove here. So we want to make sure when we talk about connectivity, that we're also talking about securing those infrastructure pieces. And that's why the framework, again, is so important for me personally. is because it's got that pillar for connectivity, but it has the educational pillar and the workforce pillar. It's really a comprehensive framework that is bringing everybody together to better coordinate all of these initiatives, including how we fund it. So we're looking at all these line items in both state and federal funding pots or within legislation and trying to call out how these dollars can braid together to support the cyber efforts that are going on across the state. Just to name a few, like I said, Title IV can be used in this space. The CARES Act, school districts had a formula for their ESSER dollars some school districts received us for education equity dollars, which was an additional, I think, $86 in change per student that was economically disadvantaged. They received those dollars and they could use them for connectivity. And like I said, if you're connecting students, you have to be aware of their cyber safety. The governor's education emergency relief fund, gears dollars, could also be used for connectivity and devices. So we talk about how is that bigger than just connectivity and that security piece? If you're purchasing hotspots, have you downloaded content filtering, data privacy, and the apps that are on the devices for those students? So it's always taking it one step further. We're now looking at the latest uh, stimulus package that's coming through. It's the CRRSA. Uh, Again, we love our acronyms, but how how are all those funding? So we're doing some analysis of those dollars, as well as the new Biden's administration's, the American Rescue Plan Act, and those dollars coming down to states as well, specific for education and connectivity. So we'll be doing an analysis of that legislation as well to determine how we can communicate and bring awareness to school districts that they can choose to use those dollars for cybersecurity.
1: Well, and that's so very important, right, to be able to do that because each district can't be an expert in funding. You know, they have a pretty big job, as it is, educating our kids. And so the fact that the Michigan Department of Education is being proactive right now and trying to see how we can – I loved how you said braid things together so that you could sort of get everything that you need. I also like the fact that you're being proactive about if we're going to connect to everyone, we also have to make sure that they're safe. And so you can see how some of those dollars can be spent on making them safe as well as the digital divide. Again, that's one of the things that's closest to my heart because – well, people feel like that they're connected because they have cell phones that's not at all how we can teach them right and we' found that out this year right with the problems of being forced online. But the problem continues it's not going to go away when we're back to face to face because online's not really going to go away unless it's a really bad thing happens, and then none of us want to face that right We don't want to think about that we're going backwards in time at all, right So these digital kids who have phones in their hands right this moment. That doesn't necessarily mean they know how to keep themselves safe or how they're using their Wi-Fi and how they're getting connected is safe. But we did find out that, boy, that digital divide is wide, and that's been an issue. You know, we've had school districts who have gone all in on, say, Chromebooks that was convenient at the time and then found out some of the problems that teaching on that kind of platform might happen. We wanted the innovation. We wanted the easy way to get there, but who had a crystal ball, right, to know how much we were going to be dependent on those systems. And so it's really nice to know that we're starting to think of this long-term, how can we make sure that not only are we getting the innovation, not only are we getting the progressive kind of things that we're going to need for the future, but we're also remembering that we need to protect ourselves. Rather than that whole snap-on kind of thing at the end and think about it later, once we've put a ton of money into something and then it's not secure, so it's really not doing us any good if it's going to, cause more problems than it should for the educational system, right? So we don't want to be bringing that stuff in. So the fact that, I mean, again, I think that goes back to all the collaboration, right? I mean, having DTMB and metal and all of those folks at the table and talking about this digital divide and adding that kind of thing makes a huge difference when you are then planning it out. Okay, how's the funding going to be spent? What are we going to work on? You know, and it's like, um, um, you know, that cybersecurity part, let's remember that piece, too. But your guys are thinking about it at the state level. So to make sure that that's not something that your poor district IT person has to just think about at the end. Right. So trying to find that funding and try to work within those systems. Again, I think we talked about that a lot in our meetings when we were meeting about how we have to find stuff that's already existing. There's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow to save us from any of these things. We really got to roll our sleeves up and figure out creatively how we can work within the systems that we have. And we're presenting the funding that's available and out there. It's very reassuring to know that we're all doing this together and that
0: we're making headway. Absolutely. As you were speaking, I was just thinking about sustainability, right? So, I mean, we have to come together. These federal dollars that I've listed, all but one, are stimulus you know, COVID relief dollars that we're reminding districts are one time. So if we have these dollars now, how do we maximize them through different sustainability efforts so that we're building a strong foundation that can last us? And also, as we come together, we have a collective voice that can rally and educate others who make decisions about the dollars into the future, that we might be able to identify some additional funding or line items or different revenue streams that could support this kind of initiative moving forward as well. But we have to come together and make sure we do have this collective voice that we aren't competing for each other. And we've done this with a couple other technology initiatives across the state where we brought key partners together and we've been able to do some sustainability vision statements and then build from that vision of what sustainability looks like and put it into action with collaborative purchasing of devices where we've been able to drive down the price of a Chromebook. Again, why it was so easy to purchase, maybe not easy, but... No, more absolutely. available, cost right. effective. Yeah, but if I mean, you can be...
1: show the people who are funding you too the fact that you're good stewards with that funding, and that right. you did a really good job, and that maybe you can go to the well again for some other things, or you can ask for maybe something that's more, you know, permanent to be added because you have been such a good steward with all that stuff. I mean, that's one of the things that I always say I, I can make a dollar holler, but I mean, there's a really good reason for that, right? I mean. This is taxpayers' funding, and we don't want to be burdening the system in any way, shape, or form. And I also don't want to be taking away any kind of educational dollars that they need for the necessities that they have as well. And so, again, because you guys are doing it together, instead of, the like you said, sort of everybody going, me, 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 you know, I want my thing done, you can get a whole lot more done that way. And that should be encouraging across all aisles and, in and everywhere that you go that You know, if you're going to all work together, that some cool stuff is going to happen because of that.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That's our goal.
1: Right. I mean, that's always the case at any kind of thing in a state level is working within what you've got and making the best that you can for as many people as you can. Right. Mm -hmm. I truly appreciate you taking the time out to talk about this. Are there any things that you can think of that we haven't covered that you'd love to touch on a little bit or, or maybe go into a little bit more depth? Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off. if There's something else that you'd love to talk about.
0: Um, Goodness. We hit a lot. There was, we I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: No, we did. I know when I look back, we're going to go, wow, we did
0: all that in this amount of time. This is wonderful. I, the only thing I want to go maybe a little bit, and it's not necessarily more in-depth. I'm just looking at my notes, making sure that we've covered everybody that participated and all those collaborative partners. Labor and economic opportunity has been a great partner as well. I know we mentioned them briefly earlier. Same thing with. Ah, uh, but yes, system. we
1: used the initials again, and maybe people don't know exactly <laughs> what we were talking about, right?
0: <laughs> so, Leo is another state agency. Um, within Leo, very specifically, the MySTEM Network has really stepped up in a space of bridging business and industry to education and vice versa. And so they're really taking a primary focus on how to support COVID response, as well as around computer science standards. So they're building out some new playbooks specific for computer science. We'll be um, working with them more to build out more chapters of their playbook. And we hope to highlight cybersecurity in their playbooks around project-based, place-based, and problem-based learning. So, 3P, something that I hadn't mentioned earlier, is one of the other big initiatives that the partnership between MDE and MySTEM and Leo, (laughs) everybody coming to the table. Right.
1: But if we don't remember industry, industry is who will be
0: employing this
1: future workforce. And so if we don't include them and their voice and what they need, then we're going to be missing the point altogether. You know, sort of rearranging the deck chairs, right? We're doing all this wonderful work and then we're turning out something that industry doesn't actually understand. It doesn't quite fit and that's not the case. And so it's nice to know, that that's happening at the state level when we're making these kinds of decisions. It's been an eye-opener on how you can actually cooperate within those stovepipes, right? I mean, I know that state and federal government get a lot of thumping around about how, oh, there's all these stovepipes and nobody's working together. And, you know, I think that COVID happening, some of the things that came out that were actually positive is the fact that we all have to come together. We had to get together. All of a sudden all students are all online all the time and there are all kinds of problems that are cropping up. And so it brought it to front of mind, right? And the thing that's cool about that is we already had this started. It already was something that was already planned to be happening. And so I think that's why we were able to make such progress because you guys were already having those meetings to cooperate together and start to, you know, get this long-term vision involved. And, I mean, that's the main difference on some of these issues is that there is a long-term plan involved. And I suggest that everyone who's listening go to all of the websites at MED and all of the alphabet soup that we've talked about and see some of the things that they're doing. They'd be just as proud as you and I are about the progress that we're making. And there's tons of resources out there for them.
0: Absolutely. We have an opportunity, which is what makes me so excited about this work, is we probably will never go back to the normal, right? It'll be a new normal. And that new normal, we have an opportunity to frame what that is and take the best of what we've learned, take those lessons learned and identify some best practices for how to keep ourselves safe online and how to mitigate those cyber risks. And so, Coming together and working together as a state is a huge opportunity that we have and that I'm really looking forward to doing with our collaborative partners over this next year, as well as we finish putting those final touches on the framework, get some data testing go, and then a full launch, continue to identify more assets that we have that school districts can utilize to walk through the framework And then collaboratively together address any gaps or shortages we have, again, in a collaborative space to build more resources up. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm very encouraged and I'm sure that anyone listening will also be encouraged. And I appreciate you taking the time out today, Amanda, to brief us on all of that and get us up to speed on all the cool stuff that's happening I'm sure people are not aware of that. And so I'm really, really glad that you were able to explain it nice and careful for us so that we could understand what's going on out there and be as encouraged as you and I are about what's been going on. So thanks for sharing the time with us. Thanks for
0: having me. You've been listening to the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 podcast. If you would like more information on today's discussion, please contact Center Director Tamara Shoemaker by emailing s-h-o-e-m-a-t-l at udmercy.edu. And please plan to join us again for the next edition of the Detroit Mercy Cybersecurity 313 podcast.